This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hi, I'm Seth Peterson. Hi, I'm Debbie Hedren. I'm Rhonda Schwartz. I'm Doris Roberts. This is Jesslyn Gilson. Hello, I'm Victor Webb. Hi, this is Charlotte Ross. Hi, this is Ed Begley Jr. What's up, you guys? This is AJ from the Backstreet Boys. Hi, this is Shannon Elizabeth, and you're listening to Talking Pets. Talking Pets. Talking Pets. And you're listening to Talking Pets. Talking Pets. Talking Pets. With John Patch. John Patch. You're listening to Talking Pets with John Patch. Hello, America, and welcome to Talkin' Pets with your host, John Patch. Join John and his expert guests with all of your pet questions, concerns, comments, and stories. Now it's time for Talkin' Pets with your host, John Patch. And welcome to Talkin' Pets, heard coast-to-coast on your favorite radio station. This is Talkin' Pets, and I'm John Patch. Joining us is Murray Orion. From Doggone Positive, here to answer your training questions and your behavior questions about your pets. Hello, Maria. At 844-305-7800. That's the number to call. When you call into that number, you'll speak with Quinn, and he'll put you on the air with us. Hello, Quinn. That's 844-305-7800. The show is produced today at the farm by Mr. Zach Buden. Hello, Mr. Patch. Hello, Mr. Zach. How are you doing? We have a roving reporter here. His name is Mr. Philip Straub. Hello, Philip. Hello. Hello. Pick up the phone and give us a call at 844-305-7800. That is the number to call. We have a special guest joining us. His name is David Barron. He's the author of American Eclipse, a nation's epic race to catch the shadow of the moon and win the glory of the world. This is Talking Pets. winning journalist is a former science correspondent for NPR and former science editor for the public radio program The World, an incurable umprophile whose passion for chasing eclipses began in 1998. He lives in Boulder, Colorado. He's got a website if you want to check him out at www.american-eclipse.com. So I recommend that you go there and you can find out some more information about David Barron. But we want to welcome him onto the program of Talking Pets, the author of American Eclipse, a nation's epic race to catch the shadow of the moon and win the glory of the world, Mr. David Barron. Hey, David, how are you doing? Welcome to Talking Pets. Hello, John. I'm thrilled to be here. It's nice to have you on with us. I want to introduce you to the gang today. We have uh, Maria Ryan in the house, also Philip Straub, and uh, we have Zach Budin, uh, my uh, producer here. Hello. And then, of course, myself and all of America that's tuned in right now to find out a little bit about August 21st. 
and the American Eclipse. Your book came out when? Well, the book came out a couple months ago, but uh, obviously it came out because of what's going to happen on Monday, August 21st, which is uh, the first total solar eclipse to cross the United States coast-to-coast in 99 years. It's a very big deal. Uh, My book actually tells the story of a total eclipse that crossed the United States in 1878, and back then it was a very big deal. America got very excited back then, just as people are getting excited now. You know, it's amazing because um, I posted your video, your recent video from YouTube on on our homepage at TalkinPets.com, and it's a, like a 12-minute video, and you're giving to a large crowd, actually, a speech about uh, the American eclipse and all, and history and your book and all. And I, I thought it was interesting because I never actually knew what, and I I'm, I'm hope I'm saying it right, but um, an umbrophile? Yes, an umbrophile. It's just a, it's a fancy word for an eclipse chaser, and... Uh, I am one of a number of folks who basically have become addicted to seeing total eclipses. And I have to say, a total solar eclipse is the most awe-inspiring sight in the heavens. It's extraordinarily rare. Few people have gotten to see one because any given point on Earth experiences a total eclipse just once every 400 years. So most people go through their entire lives and don't see them. But I got to see one in Aruba in 1998, and it just blew me away, and so now I travel around the world to go see them, and on August 21st, thank goodness one is coming to our own country, so I don't have to go very far. It's pretty amazing, actually. Now, you're an acclaimed uh, science writer, and your book came out, like you said, a couple of months ago, American Eclipse, and we're going to give away a couple of the books, so uh, if people want to get a copy, stay tuned, we'll announce it, and we ask uh, for number three caller or whatever, and then uh, you can win a copy of the book, American Eclipse, by David Barron. And David, this is available in bookstores and online already, right? Uh, Yeah, at, at Costco and Amazon and your local bookstore, yeah. It's a great book and a great read. It's uh, it's also um, Live Right Publishing Corporation is the one that puts it out, division of uh, W.W. Norton and Company, uh, independent publishers, since uh, actually uh, 1923. Um, but when you talked about the eclipse, the solar eclipse of 1878, it proved to be an important moment in the emergence of American science. Why is that? Well, so 1878, you know, we were still a young country. We had just turned 100 years old, which wasn't that old, in 1876. And while America back then was being taken very seriously in terms of its industrial production, we were really becoming quite an economic power, Europe looked down on us uh, intellectually. They, you know, America was not considered to be the place that produced much in the way of uh, literature or music or art or science. And it was a time when a small band of American scientists really wanted to show Europe that we were a player on the international stage. And, and this was a time when total eclipses were very important to astronomy. There were certain studies that could only be done during a total solar eclipse, which occurs somewhere on Earth about once every 18 months, usually someplace very hard to get to, and it lasts all of two or three minutes. And in 1878, a total eclipse astronomers knew was going to cross the American West, the Wild West, and it brought a lot of the era's great scientists out to Colorado and Wyoming and Texas to sit in the path where the moon's shadow would briefly fall to conduct their studies. So it was a chance for America to really show that we were serious about science, and the American public got very excited about it, and it was an important event that helped inspire America to become the clear leader in science just a few decades later. 
You know, it's interesting because I was talking to, um, you know, with the number of stations that carry the program here of Talking Pets, I was talking to a very dear friend up in Portland, um, Oregon, uh, my friend Keith. He uh, is the general manager up there for KBNP in Portland. And he Hi, was he was saying, actually, that um, it's amazing the amount of people that are coming into Portland already to watch this. And it's just getting packed with thousands and thousands of people. And um, it's going to come, like you said, right across the coast and then all the way down. And will I, I actually, we produced a program out of Tampa, Florida. Will I see any of this? So where you are, it will be a partial eclipse. And so all of North America on August 21st will get to see a partial solar eclipse. And that will be very interesting. The moon will move in front of the sun. Now, it's never, as long as any part of the sun is still visible, it is not safe to look at with the naked eye. So you'll either have to get yourself some certified as safe eclipse glasses that you can get at some hardware stores and 7-Elevens and online, but they have really, really dark lenses and enable you to look at the sun. Or you could make a pinhole projector, take a piece of cardboard, poke a tiny hole in it, don't look through it, but rather let the sunlight fall through it onto another surface. And instead of a tiny little circle of light, you'll see a little crescent of light as the sun is covered by part of the moon. So all of North America will see a partial eclipse. However, in a narrow path from near Portland, Oregon, so from Oregon to South Carolina, it's called the Path of Totality, the moon's shadow will fall and it will be a total eclipse for as long as 2 minutes 40 seconds. And well, millions of Americans are moving into that path so to they experience can see it. a total eclipse. Hold on, David Barron. We're uh, going to take a little break. We're going to come back with David Barron. He's the uh, author of American Eclipse. If you'd like to get a copy of the book, the third caller right now at 844-305-7800. 844-305-7800. The book is yours. This is Talking Pets. Not pumped about cleaning the litter box? Try World's Best Cat Litter Zero Mess, the litter that gives you two times better clumping and more odor control with less litter. That's right, you scoop once and you're done. No chiseling, no scraping, no crumbling, no problem. Looking for fast and easy litter box cleanup? Zero Mess. Try it. You're welcome in advance. Save $2 on World's Best Cat Litter. Visit www.saveonworldsbest.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com.
suspenseful and dramatic account of uh, rival scientific expeditions that came to the American West to view and study this rare phenomenon. Barron enables us to understand what drew them to the eclipse and what this episode tells us about the changing role of science in American culture. That's a quote from Paul Israel, author of Edison, A Life of Invention. We're speaking with the author of American Eclipse, David Barron, a nation's epic race to catch the shadow of the moon and win the glory of the world. We ended up giving two books away. We gave one to Alice in Vancouver, Washington, and Judy in Monument, Oregon. So enjoy the books, guys. Um, And again, that's called American Eclipse, and we're speaking with the author, David Barron. David, i got a couple of questions for you, Um, some maybe uh, a little more scientific, some maybe not as much, but maybe a little silly. I don't know. We'll <laughs> but, see. But I'm going to hit... I'm going to clear that up, John. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Maria, I'm always asking silly questions. <laughs> I know, I know. It's in your DNA. It is, it is. It's deep in his blood. But I want to know, Would uh, mm-hmm. you talk about young Thomas Edison. First of all, I didn't know Edison was actually a young Edison was such a good-looking man until I opened up your book and saw his picture. <laughs> But you talk about um, the leverage of the eclipse to burnish his scientific credentials. But we'll sit on that a little bit. Well, so, right. So Thomas Edison was an eclipse chaser. At least uh, he was for one eclipse. In 1878, he was just 31 years old. He had just become a global celebrity because of his invention of the phonograph. And that summer, he ended up going out to Wyoming, out to the Wild West, to study a total eclipse with a bunch of astronomers. And this was a time when Edison, uh, who later in life was quite adamant that he was not a scientist, he was an inventor, but the, the young Edison wanted the respect of scientists, and he wanted to do astronomy. So he, he invented a device that no one's ever heard of today. It was called the tesimeter, and it was uh, a really sensitive heat detector, basically a sensitive electric thermometer that he was going to use to study the, the, this aura around the eclipsed sun called the solar corona to see if it gave off heat as well as light. And it was Edison's attempt to show that he was really a scientist. You also talk about uh, James Craig Watson sought professional bragging rights for new planets and asteroids. I mean, some people may think, like, back in that time of 1878, like, what did these people actually know back in the 1800s? But did they know quite a bit, or this was all, you know, with planets and asteroids? Were they that well, educated so- on that? Right. So, I mean, you know, these were very smart people, but working at a time when we knew a lot less. And they were still just trying to figure out how many planets were in the solar system. And back in 1878, there was good reason to believe that Mercury was not the closest planet to the sun. And there was, so a lot of astronomers thought that there was another planet, and they called it Vulcan. So anyone who watched Star Trek... (laughs) Before Vulcan showed up on Star Trek, it actually was thought to be a real planet. But no one had ever seen it because it was so close to the sun, it was thought. You know, you couldn't see it in the daytime, and you would, it would never be up in the sky at night. Well, in 1878, during the total eclipse, when the moon blocked the bright sun for three minutes, this astronomer you mentioned, James Craig Watson, he was determined to find the planet Vulcan. And the big headline out of the eclipse of 1878 was that he found Vulcan, which, of course, we know was wrong. But at the time, people didn't know it was wrong, and they thought that this planet actually existed. Amazing. Actually, uh, for people on Facebook Live that's watching us right now and listening to us on there, you can see Zach doing the Vulcan, uh, what is that, what do you call that? Live long and prosper. I can't even do that with my fingers. (laughs) 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 If I do Do that, it looks like I'm... We need to get you some rubber bands. 
I, I do. I need the rubber bands because if I try doing it and it's close to my nose, it looks like we'll a totally different thing. Lobsters. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, and I wanted to ask you too about Maria Mitchell. Who is that? Now, that's also um, she actually aimed to use the event to show what women could do in science. I guess women right, were not yes. that prevalent then. Right. And so, yeah, her name was spelled Maria, but it actually was pronounced Mariah. And Mariah. she was um, she was by far the most famous female scientist in America in the 19th century. She was an astronomer, and in 1847, she discovered a comet and received a gold medal from the King of Denmark for that, and the comet came to be known as Miss Mitchell's Comet. And as you can imagine, this was a time when there were very few women who, who were able to, to, to become scientists or even get educated as scientists. And she taught at Vassar College, which was an all-female yeah. college at the time, just founded. And in 1878, um, when all these men were planning eclipse expeditions out to the Wild West, she took it upon herself to assemble an all-female eclipse expedition to Denver to prove that women really could be scientists and to get the American public to wake up. And it had a really important effect. You know, pretty amazing, actually, way back when, when you think about it, back in the 1800s on how the world was. But um, also I wanted to say, too, um, when you were talking about the path of this uh, eclipse, the total eclipse, um, it's going to go over Nashville, right over Nashville, which WGNS, Bart Walker and the gang out there, they they run us actually on uh, three stations out there in Nashville. And uh, so that's kind of cool. They're going to be right on top of it, too. So, Oh, yeah. No, in fact, Nashville's going really big with it. They're calling it the Music City Eclipse and it's uh-huh. encouraging tourists to come in. Nashville is the, the largest city fully in the path of the total eclipse on August 21st. Uh-huh. But uh, parts of Kansas City and St. Louis are in the path of the total eclipse. Uh, Lincoln, Nebraska. Portland, Oregon is just outside. And again, I want to emphasize... All of North America will see at least a partial eclipse. Um, and so Atlanta is very close to the total eclipse. Portland's very close to the total eclipse. Seattle's not too far. But uh, the total eclipse is where the real exciting stuff is going to happen. And anyone who lives within a reasonable drive of this path of totality, and uh, you mentioned my website, American-Eclipse.com, if you, I have a page all about the August 21st eclipse, including links to... Uh, NASA has an interactive map, and you can go on there and see precisely where this path goes. If you can get yourself into the path of totality, I would encourage you to do it, because it is a million times more exciting to be in the path of the total eclipse than to see the partial eclipse. Okay, David, we can back out of this break. This is where the silly comes in. I've got some questions for you. So um, we're speaking with David Barron, the author of American Eclipse, A Nation's Epic Race to Catch the Shadow of the Moon and Win the Glory of the World. We have another book to give away, so if you're the second caller to call in right now, at 844-305-7800, that's 844-305-7800, you'll speak with Quinn, and we'll give you a copy of the book, Compliments of David Barron, the author, American Eclipse. Once again, you're listening to Talking Pets. I'm John Patch. I'm Maria Ryan. And I'm Zach Uden. This is Talking Pets. Well, she's sitting curled up on my lap as we speak. <laughs> Beautiful Bella's my long-haired Dotson. She was thrown out of a pickup truck going 30 miles an hour, and she disappeared into the woods with the wild animals, uh, boars and coyotes. About four weeks later, she just appeared as she was a mess. Her fur was matted. She scratched almost nonstop. 
my friend suggested that I order this stuff called Dinovite. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. 859-428-1000. She gobbles it up. She has been itch-free ever since, and her fur is gorgeous. Anyone out there who has a rescue dog, start them on a Dinovite diet for at least a 90-day period. They bond better with the people who take good care of them. They are going to be your buddy for a very, very long time. 859-428-1000. 859-428-1000. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. You are listening to Talkin' Pets. Don't forget you can watch us live on Facebook Live at Talkin' Pets Radio. So check check it out. Remember, there's no G in the Talkin'. That's Talkin' Pets Radio. Join us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TalkinPets.com and join part of the family. We're at about 23,000 or more right now watching us, and uh, we'd like to get another 23,000. So uh, join us here on Talkin' Pets. Give us a call at 844-305-7800. You're listening to Talkin' Pets. David Barron beautifully captures the awe, the magic, and the mystery of one particular eclipse, an event in 1878 that spurred on America to embrace the sciences, a superb contribution to the history of astronomy. Marsha Pudasiak, author of Einstein's Unfinished Symphony. Once again, you are listening to Talkin' Pets, and we're speaking with David Barron. He is the author of American Eclipse, a nation's epic race to catch the shadow of the moon, and win the glory of the world. Uh, you can watch the total eclipse, of course, on August 21st. That's coming right around the corner. David, I want to get into a couple of other questions, a little more off the cuff maybe, but um, one of the things that I wanted to say, uh, American Eclipse is the perfect antidote for cynical and divided nation at this time. And if you watch the news right now and everything that's going on with not only the United States but across the world, but North Korea and Russia and China and and now what's going on in Charlottesville, Virginia, if people haven't seen that, they just reported one dead and 19 injured from 
um, a car that drove into the crowd there, and um, there's riots going on in Charlottesville right now, and it's it's a it's a strange world. A lot of people think, and a, a really good friend of mine, his name is Ken. Um, he's in the Tampa area here. We were talking about the effects that astronomy, basically, the 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 planets and and all have on the human psyche, and with the eclipse coming. Is that going to play worse on people, do you think, as a scientist? I mean, does that affect us in any way? I think that it will be a really good effect. Now, let me make clear, um, I, I'm not a believer in astrology. Um, I don't believe, personally, that the planets affect um, our behavior in terms of the gravitational effects or when you were born. That's not my belief. Uh, however, I will say that a total eclipse is just such, and, and an eclipse in general, again, all of North America will see a partial eclipse on August 21st. It's a really profound reminder that just how fragile life is and how, frankly, we're all in this together. I'm sorry, I know our country is so terribly divided, and it really, I find it so disturbing. More than I'm it ever proud, has been. I'm a proud American. Mm-hmm. We have so much more in common than we have uh, differences. Mm-hmm. And when you realize that we are on this on this piece of rock floating in outer space, there's as far as we know, there's nothing out there, at least in a long, long way. That's what a total solar eclipse or a solar eclipse in general reminds us of. When the moon passes between us and the sun, it just um, it puts you it in in your place. It, you know, we are we are these insignificant, tiny beings. We are powerless in the face of nature or God or whatever you believe. Uh, we better just get along. <laughs> so uh, this is me, you know, I know I'm, I'm a science writer, but if I can preach a little bit, um, I really hope that the total eclipse uh, helps bring us together and remind us what we have in common. I, I, I don't mind the preaching, actually, because I think good preaching is what's yeah. needed, um, especially, you know, the one thing I, I love about radio, I've worked in radio for 30 years, been on the air for 27 Um and the one thing that I like about radio is that it's live, um, and it's real, and it's unpredictable. And people make mistakes in things that they say. Um, things come out of people's lips that maybe not supposed to come out the way that they're meant, um, and you could take that both ways. Um, and it's But the one thing about radio, it's, it's with you all the time. You could take it with you no matter where you're at. And I think it's good to be preachy at times. Um, and some people will say, okay, you know, John, you... You host a, a national pet show, but it's also about my life as well and my beliefs and my preachy. Uh, and I don't go over preachy on the show, but every once in a while I will say my my piece. Um, and the thing is, is that from time to time when I do say something, I get hate and I get love. Um, but the thing is, is that I don't understand the path of the way that the world is going. And I, I, I was wondering, like, when I talked to my friend Ken about if it did have any effect or this eclipse will have any effect on people. And I like the fact that you say it will have a good effect on humans. What about in the animal world? Do you see anything that will it'll affect pets or even wildlife in any way? Right. Well, and that's actually really it's an interesting question. And it's something that scientists are looking at. Now, so again, I want to say that there's uh, most of North America, all of North America, will see a partial eclipse. And it's unlikely that... Any, that in, during a partial eclipse, that animals will do much at all, because even say even if a, even if ninety percent of the sun is covered by the moon, it's quite remarkable how you hardly notice it at all. The day will still be bright. 
Um, you know, it, 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 the, the, the darkening or the diminishing of the daylight happens so slowly that you're not even going to notice it. However, for those people in the path of the total eclipse, like Nashville, like Kansas City, like uh, St. Louis, there, I would say, animals will react because it's going to go dark. It'll be suddenly go from daytime to twilight. And so uh, birds definitely react. Um, I mean, I've, I've seen five total solar eclipses around the world, and I can tell you, I mean, I was in Australia a number of years ago, and these tropical birds, about five minutes before the sun completely went away, they started flocking like it was dusk. Uh, last year I was in, in Indonesia, and right by a little, uh, little village, and just before the total eclipse, the, the roosters started crowing, and then when the sun came back out, the roosters started crowing again. So birds will definitely react. Insects, you might see bats, you might see um, uh, fireflies come out in the, in the middle of the day during the total eclipse. Um, in terms of pets, um, I've never heard of cats reacting at all. <laughs> uh, Welcome you know, to the cat's world. Don't bother yeah, me. I don't care exactly. if it's They're like, really? No big deal for yeah. us. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. So, but you know, if it goes dark, I would expect your animals to behave the way if you're in the path of the total eclipse during those few minutes when it gets dark, they're probably going to think it's suddenly night and they'll be a little confused. Another question that I have, um I posted on my uh homepage on talkingpets.com uh, actually a video that was put up by Fox News last week. It's not on there now because your videos on there David Barron. Um but it was a video from Fox interviewing some scientists and so on and so forth where some people were saying the chances are, because of a total eclipse, that on the West Coast especially, Seattle, Portland, uh, L.A., they would see catastrophe. A uh, 700-foot wave would hit the West Coast, uh, a 9.2 earthquake, and they had these people on there talking about it. It was a little frightening. Uh, that, yeah, I'm sorry they did that. I mean... Look, I've seen total. I, I've been around the world to see total solar eclipses. Nothing bad happens, and you know the the moon is uh, once a month. The moon effectively goes between us and the sun. Now we don't always get a solar eclipse because the moon is sometimes a little above the sun and sometimes a little below, and it doesn't go precisely between. But the gravitational effects are effectively the same every month. When the moon, when we have a new moon, when the moon is between us and the sun, and you get larger tides, but it doesn't cause earthquakes, it doesn't cause famine, uh, so no one should be afraid. In fact, it's something to be celebrated and excited about. Sounds good. I, I, I think it's great to have something that might actually bring us closer together. You know, just because of an event like this. You know, like you were well, saying think, before, David. Right. Think about when was the last time. We had a national event that we all were interested in that wasn't political or wasn't some natural disaster or some school mm -hmm. shooting, right? I mean, right, this right, is something exactly. to be celebrated, that we have something mm -hmm. that's just to, to, to just bask in the wonder of nature and uh, the, wonder and of the, the world. fact that we're alive. Very true. Yep. Yep. David Barron, I want to thank you so much for joining us on the program. It was a great pleasure. You're a fascinating man, and my, you know my best goes out to you, um, you and your family. And um, people can watch the video that you did. Uh, it's a YouTube video. It's posted on our homepage at TalkingPets.com. Uh, congratulations to George out there in Othello, Washington. He got the, uh, the book, American Eclipse, A Nation's Epic Race to Catch the Shadow of the Moon and Win the Glory of the World by David Barron. And um, 
Also, you're the author of The Beast in the Garden, so that's another one of your books. So congratulations, and my best to you and your family, and uh, and thanks so much for joining us on the program. I look well, thank to, uh, you, one day personally it was meeting my, you. my pleasure, and I hope we all have clear skies on August 21st so we can enjoy the eclipse. Yeah. Sounds good. Okay. Thank you, David. Thanks, thank Dave. you. That's David Barron. Bye. He is the author of American Eclipse. You can find it in bookstores. You can find it online. I recommend that you go out and get one. Congratulations to the people that won a copy of the book. And um, we'll be right back for more of Talking Pets. We've got a story coming up from Philip Straub, so stay tuned for that. Philip, what are you going to be talking about in that one? Uh, back to school season, triggering anxiety in some pets. So stay tuned for that. Once again, you are listening to Talking Pets. I'm John Patch. I'm, I'm Maria Ryan. And I'm Zach Buden. This is Talking Pets, 844-305-7800, 844-305-7800. Molly, here's your dinner. (coughs) Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your cat tree tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Hi, I'm Dana Humphrey, the founder of Whitegate PR. We have been specializing in PR and marketing in the pet industry for over 10 years. If you have a pet product or service you would like to promote, give us a call. We can help create awareness for your brand on TV, radio, magazines, newspapers, and blogs. Feel free to reach me directly at 619-414-9307 or learn more on our website at whitegatepr.com or follow us on Facebook. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Back to school season can trigger anxiety in some pets. While the back-to-school season may be a time of fun and excitement for students and parents alike, for the four-legged members of the family, it can be a time of stress and even sadness. Pets who have grown accustomed to the extra attention and time with their owners over summer break may find themselves anxious with all the extra alone time on their hands, or should we say paws. It's really not an uncommon problem, as all cats and dogs are particularly vulnerable to any change in their schedules, and dogs in particular thrive on stimulation and interaction with their owners. Suddenly finding themselves with nothing to do or no one to interact with, the kids are back in school. Pets may feel forced to find other ways to entertain themselves, which may include excessive barking or meowing, gnawing on shoes, raiding the garbage, eating houseplants, and scratching furniture. If your pet is suddenly having house training accidents, barking or howling, more often, 
pacing, digging, or trying to break out of the yard, it could be a sign that the animal is having a hard time adjusting to the new family schedule. A good strategy is to avoid any abrupt change in your pet's routine. In the weeks before school, gradually introduce your pets to short periods of separation. If it's too late for that, you may you might try giving your dog or cat a treat every time you leave the house to help them develop positive feelings about being alone. Or there are also toys in which you're, you can put treats in and make your dog or cat work to get them. This is a good way to keep them interested or entertained, as well as rewarding them with a treat for their efforts. Playing with your dog or cat before and after school is a good way to help ease them into their new routine. Although, when the duties to let the dog out falls upon the children, it's just as important, if not more so, to the kids to stay with and watch the pets. It can be frustrating for pet owners when their dog or cat has difficulty getting used to the new home routine. But don't be impatient as the pet should eventually adapt. Scolding or punishing your dog or cat for bad behavior, um, we'll call it separation anxiety, could, be, may, could make it worse. So be patient as they're getting used to their new routine. If the problems continue, educate yourself about pet separation anxiety and talk to your veterinarian about your options. For the story and more, visit www.talkingpets.com and join us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Remember to watch us on Facebook Live every Saturday from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern Time at Talking Pets Radio. Reporting for Talking Pets, I'm Philip Stubb. And once again, you're listening to Talking Pets. I'm John Patch. I'm Maria Ryan. I'm Philip Staub. And I'm Zach Buden. Give us a call at 844-305-7800, 844-305-7800. We've got Alice out there in Vancouver, Washington. What's going on, Alice? How are you doing? How are you doing? I'm doing very good. Good. Good to hear um, from you. You're breaking up, Alice. Are you in the car? Oh, doggone it. Oh, wait, now you, it there you, are. Now you sound good. Oh, do I? Yeah, okay, no, I'll no, stay no, right where I am. Don't move. <laughs> yeah, don't move around. Okay, I won't. Um, I wanted to recommend another thing. Uh, if you can't look directly at the sun, I was fortunate enough 40 years ago, or in, I think it was 77, 1970, to be alive and be in Seattle at work and witnessing the totality out the window and ducks fell out of the air. Well, they didn't fall, but they landed very quickly in mud puddles and things, desperate to go to sleep, and they put their heads underneath the uh, their wings at the you know the darkest point. They thought it was time to go to bed, and I'm sure all the birds probably did. But that was all I could see out the window. I deliberately took my break, you know, at that time, and uh, was just watching nature change at nighttime. Well, you and then it figure... went away, and they woke up. 
you got to figure it's got to be confusing for them um, because yeah. <laughs> you know, especially it's birds, because bed. yeah, they they roost at those times <laughs> when the sun's going down. They roost, so they're they're going to do that. But it's not going to last that long. It's only a couple of minutes, maybe two at the most, and then bang, they're going to be back up again. They're going to be like, "What just happened?" Um, I, <laughs> I mean, we know because we're expecting this eclipse, but animals, you know, they don't necessarily know. Although I, I question that as well because. I mean, it's when you come home from work or something, your pet's always at the front door knowing that you're coming home. I mean, I know, like, when my, honestly, Alice, when we're getting ready to do my show, my two cats, um, because Jilly, once in a while, will bring her dog with her, um, it barked at oh. the cats the one day and growled at the cats. So the cats will not come into the studio usually during the show. So they uh-huh. know when I'm setting up and everything, getting everything ready for the show, all of a sudden they poke their head in. They're like, uh-oh, showtime. And then they don't come in. Get out of here. But maybe towards like the end, they'll poke their head in the doorway and look to see <laughs> if there's a dog in here. And so they know. And, you know, it's amazing how animals pick up on that. So... You know, oh, they're um, very sensitive. Oh, extremely. And, you know, animals work a lot, and Maria can attest to this, through body language and all, and, and timing and stuff. Yeah. So it's it's going to be interesting to see with this eclipse, especially like, um, you know, David Barron was saying, for the people in, for instance, uh, Portland, and especially like Nashville and St. Louis, because it's going to be right over them. Um, so they're going to have a totality of it, a total eclipse, whereas, you know, we're only going to see maybe a fragment of it down here where I'm at. But it will be fascinating to watch this. So it's, it's, a, it's a lifetime event. So hopefully uh, in the, the way the world is, is right yeah. now, it pulls people together. Yeah, the coast is going crazy out here. They're warning people they don't have medical. You know, people are going to Lincoln City on the coast of Oregon. And uh, it's, it's been booked solid for over a year. It's, it's going to be pandemonium. Wow. They're telling people to bring medical supplies and yeah, and I, uh, that's what my water. friend Keith told me in Portland. It's like it's like it looks like millions of people are actually hitting the coastline. Alice, yeah. that music means we got to say goodbye. But uh, love you, and gotcha. thanks for calling in, and uh, and be safe. Okay. You too. Take care. Thank you. Thanks, Alice. Bye, Bye Alice. Once again, you're listening to Talking Pets. I'm John Patch. I'm Maria Ryan. I'm Philip Stubb. And I'm Zach Beard. And thanks for joining us. Spay and neuter your pets and help control that pet population. If you're looking to obtain a pet, go to your local animal shelter or your rescue and get one there. Uh, from all of us here, we say goodbye for this hour of Talking Pets. And don't forget, check out American Eclipse, the book by David Barron. Thanks for joining us. Bye! Let's Talk Pets. Every week, on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.